Don't you turn against me. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. You thunder against me! You have done that yourself! Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Welcome to Who Shot First, Jordan. Yes, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. It is great to have you on the show. You reached out to us through Twitter and are very interested to chat with us about certain topics that we've already chatted about. Yes, so, or, or future topics. I'm just, I'm just excited to talk Star Wars. <laughs> or future topics. All right, then. All right. But I would love to hear your thoughts as your initial DM and communication was about midi-chlorians. Yeah. What I've been noticing, I've been talking to, to associates and, and people who have listened to my, my who are listening to my podcast, and they've, already, they've told me as well that they have responses to my, my, my statements of in favor. I think it's mostly people saying my statements against midi-chlorians, that they are coming, coming to the defense of midi-chlorians. <laughs> so let it, let it fly. I think it's a very common thing now is I think over the over the years and I think Clone Wars in general has been a big driving force behind a lot of people understanding midichlorians more because they're seeing the, the difference between the living force and the cosmic force, because that's really where the I think the, the big thing started was. When we got Star Wars originally and Obi-Wan gave us this big explanation of, of the force he wasn't going, oh, well, this is the cosmic. He wasn't going into these nitty gritty details. It was just, hey, this is your first introduction. Here is what the force is. And I think when we when we really got the details of what midichlorians are, I think people just automatically jumped into a state of defense of this isn't what we were told before. And you really just have to stop for a moment and, and look at the two things and say, oh, at no point in Qui-Gon's speech does he say that midichlorians are the Force. It's, it's merely a, um, a microscopic life form that is living symbiotically with every living creature. And it's what they use to study and communicate with the Force. And I know one of the, one of the big arguments that a lot of people have always had, and I think uh, you both brought that up in that episode as well, was the concern of, well, now not everybody can be a Jedi. Yep. And I can definitely understand that from a, a point of view, but I don't think that the original trilogy really ever set it up to, to be believed that, oh, any random person could be a Jedi. There was always this idea of big fantastical adventures, and yes, throwing yourself into that is, is a great thing, but I think um, I, was, I was watching a couple of uh, additional videos before this as well to kind of get just some other understandings and see what other people are thinking on it. And one of the things that somebody brought up with the different levels of midichlorians and people's blood and that kind of stuff is thinking of it in terms of like an economic starting point or even like a racial starting point with some people where not everyone is born with the same advantages in life. And it's not that that is necessarily 
Like, it, it's, it's not necessarily a good thing, but it's also the way that life is. Yep. And understanding that, but not giving up on your dreams is really, I think, the first step. Because there's, there's so many people that we see throughout the, the Star Wars universe who, from what we know and have read about in books and things, their midichlorian counts aren't as high as some of these other people. Yet they're still able to to fight with them. They're still able to to beat them in combat because of of practice and skill or the correct fighting style or their drive to be better. And I think that's really just the 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 big thing with with the argument against or like like defending the argument against midichlorians is just saying that it's not the force. It's just the way that the Jedi and the Republic have been able to understand the force. It's that symbiotic relationship that like every living creature has with the force. It's very similar to looking at like the, the circle of life of when you, when you die, your, your body decomposes and your cells turn into the, the ground and the dirt and it's fertilizer for more things to grow and be used. And that's just, I think really where it, it really stems off of, and, and I think that's the biggest defense for it is it's not, it's not the force. It's just how the force communicates with living creatures. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest just kind of standard defense I can give for it in general. I, I just, I genuinely do like the explanation of, I think I kind of use this in, in our, in our DMS as well of how, it's really how the Jedi were able to understand the Force, and the reason we don't get more descriptions and explanations in, say, the original trilogy for midichlorians is, I mean, A, just where would that have been inside the movies? There's not really a, a part that we could really have stopped and had Luke study them. Yep. But then also, B, all that research, all of that science was gone. Even the religion itself was gone the em- the emperor or the empire as a whole spent so long trying to contain all of these stories of the jedi that we see somebody about t- like 18 20 years after events of, Re- of revenge of the sith who don't even know who the jedi are or were barely there's there's people that lived in that time that were children at the time who don't know what the jedi are it's a very big galaxy and containing that information to core planets was all they really had to do. See, before the Mandalorian, I would totally agree with you, but now they're introducing midichlorians back again. So there is the, the history, the, the, the research is still there somewhere. I mean, there was definitely, there was definitely in legends, in in legends, I mean, Palpatine always was researching the Force, and even then dealt with transfusions and was trying to before we even really had the idea of midichlorians was trying to put his, like his blood into clones to figure out how it would work and if he could transfer Force powers into another body or make himself right. stronger by getting other Force users. And so I, I think that idea has always kind of been there. I think putting a name to it was really one of the big things that scared people. But in this sense, what we're seeing in The Mandalorian, 
we're still kind of only seeing one specific sect of the empire that's doing the research outside of this this one facility there's not really anything else happening overall it does sound like there's probably more bases that they were testing and doing things on but it's all kind of relegated to this one moth like gideon is the only one that we really know of that has done any research on it and it's probably passed down specifically from either Thrawn or the Emperor. And so it's still a secret thing, but it's there definitely are more people that know it. But yeah, I I don't think that it's something that like the I don't think Palpatine was spending all of his time doing that. He was relegating a lot of that. Okay. But at least that's the way that I would justify it or the way that I would see how that fits into the canon. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that argument of like, well, if more people know about it, is it really that secret and things like that? But yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. Kind of, yeah, what I've already tried to bring up, at least in the podcast. Yeah, no, you, it's very, yeah, you definitely it's very got good it. to get, yeah, to, to, to get somebody who actually believes yeah. this stuff. Because that, that's one of the reasons I'm I'm having you on the podcast. And it's just another way for me to... I'm listening to more podcasts on Star Wars and I'm getting more and more frustrated with the fandom because yeah. people can't, I don't agree with the midi-chlorians and you do. Yeah. And it's like, we can have a simple conversation like this. Like to me, this is what my podcast is all about. Of like, let's just talk about yeah, it. Yeah, just being able to talk. Yeah. Exactly. Be like, okay, that's your, your opinion. You have researched it really well and it makes sense. I personally, I don't, I would say there are other things more, and it's only personal to me, of like, I like the religion part of it. And to me, midi corn yeah. make it less of a religion. And like, that's fine that both of us agree to that. Exactly. And that's why, uh, that's one thing I, I like about it is that I think midi-chlorians make it so that you can have both sides of that. Yeah. It, it, it gives you that, oh, well, at one point they thought it was more of a, a scientific thing. But now they've gone away from all of this study. And now, because like that's where, that's where we see Luke in The Last Jedi, is we see him where he has, he, he doesn't want to study the, the, the Jedi tradition. He, if anything, he wants to, he'll, he'll learn some of the, the old texts because it's back to the living force idea. Right. And where we, where the first thing he does when he starts trying to train Rey is he he goes right into the balance of things and how the Jedi used the force as essentially they were trying to control it and and nobody owns the force. And I think that is where we really saw the fall of the Jedi was just the fact that they had this idea that they were the wielders of the force. They controlled it. Yeah. And that's where I mean, that's the main reason I think Qui-Gon was not on the council was that he he was focused on the living force and not the idea of the cosmic force. And I think that's where we see Luke at the uh, the point he is in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And that's where I am. I'm more on board with midichlorians now than I was in the past yeah. uh, because I can look at it. And it was brought up to me actually by um, my friend Shamim, the guy I interviewed oh, yeah. earlier, where it's because he's a very, very big fan of the prequels and, and midi-chlorians and everything. And he brought up of like, it's similar to like we are now of where 
we're focusing on the combination of science and religion. Yeah. And so maybe the Jedi or whatever, maybe it's related to the force, but not like a huge part of it. And like, they're focusing too much on like the midi-chlorians when there's other pieces to it. And yeah. so I really like that part. And so I can relate to that more. I'm losing a little bit of my, not faith in that, but of like my, my gelling with that, with the introduction of midichlorians into the uh, the Mandalorian, but yeah, and seeing what they're essentially planning on doing, doing with, with, uh, with the, the dark troopers. Yep, and with the yeah. dark troopers and everything. So we'll see how that goes. I'm a lot more open to Star Wars in general than I used to be because I I will fully admit I think I admitted on the podcast like I used to be that terrible fan of like you are a horrible person for liking. Yeah, no, it's like I I used to be that guy, but now I'm just like, no, this no. doesn't help anybody. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I still catch myself doing it sometimes, and I try to be like, oh wait, no, that was mean. Yeah, there's no point in that. Let's just let's try to. Here's my opinion yeah, on it. It's exactly. one of those weird things. I think it's also part of like I think that's that's a big piece that I like about the podcast that I'm learning is that everyone says that like the the fandom changed and now it's broken. What I'm finding is that it was not always super great. No. Because, <laughs> like, I'm finding that, like, everyone's like, oh, Leia was always a great character. And I've done, because we're going to do some episodes on her eventually. And I'm finding, that, like, yeah, the, the nerd boys back in the day hated her. Hated she, her. She was mean and mean and just talked to people, talked down to Luke and Han and that they're, yeah. they're important and she's not and she's supposed to be rescued. And I'm just like, when, like, when did this, why do we always think that everything's great? And like, yeah. And I mean, uh, attack or empire strikes back the great, what many consider to be the greatest movie of all time. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, no, that, that was, that was a big thing was that a lot of people didn't like how it, how it, I mean, especially how it ended, how it ended uh, but yeah. then also just how it turned out in general, they were just confused and like wait what happened now yeah i think that's one of the 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 amazing things about george lucas's work is he's insane he is okay i'm so like oh thank you like he 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 has all of these fantastical ideas and he puts them down and everybody goes what and then something happens throughout the course of your life and things connect or somebody like Dave Filoni comes along and starts connecting dots or the people uh, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm Kazdan and yep. I'm trying to remember who else helped with the empire, but yeah, yeah. like, Oh yeah. He, 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 he needs people to, to guide help him and help. Him. Yeah. To, to, to put things in place where they should yes. be because he, he has all these ideas. And I think that's, what's so amazing about the prequels is I was able to understand so many of those little nuances that I think were so interesting and so got so much more depth once they made the Clone Wars. Yeah. And so some of those ideas, like the whole duel of the fates thing that Dave Filoni talks about on the, um, the Mandalorian yep. uh, the, the episodes episode, thing. Yeah. The gallery. I've always like, I thought everybody knew that. Like I thought his opinion that he was saying, I thought that was the norm. And I found out so many people didn't get that. They didn't see the big thing. They just thought, ooh, cool fight. They didn't get how important Qui-Gon was to Anakin's life or how much this impacted him by having Obi-Wan train him instead. And just all of these different things that I just, I thought were 
normal. Yeah. And I think that's what the Clone Wars did for a lot of people in putting Dave Filoni there to guide people through that journey into this is what George is thinking. And it's, it's just one of those things where George Lucas is an insane, insane person, but nobody else could create what he does. Yes. Yeah, there's def- definitely needs to be something to, to put him where he belongs. <laughs> yes, and that's where I will say, like, I think I think he's insane. I completely agree that, like, he has fantastical ideas, and that's why I, I personally think the, I think the idea of the, clo- of the prequels are really good, and I think it could have been, and it, that's where my, I differ with a lot of people is, like, with Shamim, for instance. Execution. Well, is that uh, he talks about like he it's the potential he's like i love them for the potential that they are and what they could have been and i'm like i don't like them because of the potential that they could have been yeah and so that's very understandable and so it's like okay if he had had somebody like kasdan or somebody there to kind of help him through like re like write the dialogue better and and just because there's there's pieces to those that like you can look at them and go these are bad Oh, like, as much as I love the prequels, yeah. there are so many things that could very well have been so much better. Right. And there's so many things that when you watch some of these behind the scenes clips, you see where that potential was that he held back. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, why do you want him to say things this way? And I and that's something where I, I had recently mentioned in a comment Twitter about Anakin and Padme's like like love story that they go through in episode two is he he doesn't have the ability to show his feelings as well. Yes. Oh, yes. And I think that's why George Lucas intentionally like I, I think he intentionally made the dialogue as bad and cheesy as it was, because you can there's scenes where there's scenes where you can see the acting that Hayden Christensen has done in so many other roles where he plays that angsty teen style and there's there's this weird quality that isn't in his other roles. Yeah. And I think it's a, a genuine matter of George kind of beating it into him that no, he's this like awkward person. He doesn't have this ability to be this cool charismatic. He's not evil. Like Anakin was never an evil person. He was this nice little kid from Tatooine who wanted to be more and wanted to save people. Because that's what happened to him. He got this opportunity at, at like 10 to go see fantastical things and become this amazingly strong person who can now save lives. And he's constantly being told at every turn, no, stop. No, what are you doing? Don't use that power. Like he's constantly being told to to not. Yeah. And I and I think that's that's where that whole love story comes in is he's kind of saying all of those things that he's had bottled up for 10 years and it's not a healthy relationship at all because it's that thing where we're seeing in today's society where you have these people on the internet who obsess over a streamer or a musician yep. and then they go off and they they make these crazy blogs about them and they obsess and it's it like those are the things that pe- those people write it's it's that it's this like i dreamt about you like yeah and that's that's exactly i think what that was supposed to convey i will agree that i think it was deliberate i think it was i think from everything that i've done research on george i have a very complicated relationship with him 
Um, I think everybody does. Yeah. But <laughs> what I've found is that like, even back in the original trilogy, he's very wordy. Like he, Oh yeah. He, he over, again, I completely agree with you. Like he doesn't know how to show. He knows how to tell. And so a lot of like what we see, and we actually talk about this in, in our dialogue episodes and stuff like that of like his, his, when Anakin's so mad is just like, I killed them all and everything. He's like, he's telling us way too much. He should not be telling us this. Like it's, but he's, but George doesn't really know how to word those. Yeah. Word that or show that without telling. It. And okay. Yeah. And I mean, even Mark Hamill has said, George is not an actor's actor. He is very much no. like, let's fix it in post. <laughs> like just get the, just say the lines and I'll fix it. <laughs> so I think it's again, I, I agree with that. Yes. He's, he's a very fantastical person. Now I will personally say that I think a lot of the dots that people get that the connect and stuff like that, I don't think they were originally there. Intended. Well, there yeah. are certain things, things that, that people found for sure. Like midi Clorin, I think yeah. are, are for sure thing. Cause like I've done research and he had those back when he first wrote. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of stuff and not to give too much away, but there's, there's certain stuff in the prequels that everyone like head cannons and they're like, this oh, all yeah. intentional. This was so perfect. George is like the most mastermind of all masterminds. I'm like, I don't think so. I, like, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I think it just happened because if it is intentional, it's done horribly in my opinion, because I don't catch up on, uh, there's there's stuff that I didn't catch up on. Similar to like what you're saying with like Qui-Gon. I like, he doesn't make that emphatically clear. It takes Dave Filoni to explain that to a lot of different people. Well, and that's where I think, I, I think there are a lot of things that are intentional, but I think it is that matter of he doesn't know how to convey it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think there is a combination of the two things happening where there's a lot of things that people are making headcanon. I do this myself. I, I literally was saying something the other day to you about the whole Darth Vader bit. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. And there's so many things like that that are like, yeah, like there's no way that was really intentional. But then there are so many little things that we're finding throughout the years that you're like, wait, was that intentional this whole time? And I think there are a lot of things that sound insane in terms of like there's no way he planned that out but i think there are a lot of those things that he did and he just genuinely didn't know how to portray it put it on there yeah yeah no and i think that i i do think that is one of the biggest flaws with the prequels is having him entirely in control yes. versus like yep. the other ones where he had other people working with him yep. but i also think that's one of the things that makes them so beautiful is we just get that raw unfiltered george like yeah, and so there are so many things that as new bits of canon come in through like the Clone Wars and everything that Dave Filoni touches, I, I think that's where we're, we're seeing like where these connections are happening. And I think that's really helping people pull people back into the franchise that maybe fell out after they saw the prequels and didn't like them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest group of Star Wars fans right now are people who fell in love with the series around the prequel time and then is now getting back into it because all of the things that they couldn't quite understand are now kind of making sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and 
what I what I want to what I would say is I think there's a lot of stuff, especially with Clone Wars, because again, I personally have a not a relationship with it, but I am coming into contact with a lot of fans who think that Clone Wars are so like basically essential Star Wars, and I have seen them all, and I think there there's there's certain episodes that are really good, certain episodes that yeah. are not, and. I'm I'm finding more and more people that are like, if you don't watch the Clone Wars, you don't know Star Wars. And that's where I'm getting into a struggle of like you're gatekeeping. You're like you Yeah. People have to watch whatever they want to watch. And to be like, you don't understand the Anakin Skywalker character if you watch watch the Clone Wars. That to me is like, if that's truly what George wanted, that's a failing. That's a failing in the movie. Oh, yeah. If you cannot understand the character in the movie without watching these like hundreds of episodes that's my yeah. that's my opinion on it because it's just like i i'm fine if you like the clone wars and everything it's great like i i completely understand that argument and and that's something that's interesting well and not even just the argument i think that is like i think that is a really good point of view where like yeah you shouldn't need to watch that to do that i don't think anybody needs to watch the clone wars to fully understand star wars right. or at least I, I don't think they should yeah but that that's i think one of those things where i feel like when I watched the Clone Wars, it only solidified the portrayal that I had of Anakin in my head okay. and helped me. Like I, I always saw the battles that he went through between episodes two and three. I saw how he became this jaded person just from the way that Obi-Wan treated him in episode two to the way that Palpatine Manipulate was them. so nice to him in episode three. Yeah, like you, you saw you saw the manipulation happen there. You saw how he used real things that the Jedi were saying. Yeah. And just put that right back into the perspective that he wanted. And I, I, I've always kind of understood that, but I, I know there's a lot of people that didn't. And so that's one of those things where it's weird because I think the prequels, like in my mind, they stand alone by themselves and they, they fit within that storyline. Yeah. But I know so many people that didn't get it until they saw the Clone Wars. And so that's one of those things where like, I don't, I don't want the Clone Wars to be mandatory and I don't think that it is, but I do think there are a lot of people that it, it, it kind of is mandatory for just in the sense of if they want to understand it. Yeah. And I think that's just one of those weird things where he just genuinely didn't know how to tell the story the way that people understand it. Yeah. And that's that's a big downfall of George that I mean, we're seeing in so many interviews of this is my way. This is what I'm doing. This is my Star Wars. I don't care what anybody else says. Yep. This is the movie I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm torn on that, too, because personally, that's what I like in filmmaking. Yep. I like seeing somebody who has this idea and just says, no, I'm doing what I want. But then also you're like, but. It might not be right, Yeah. but then. It's the same thing as like looking at a at an artist and saying, no, that's a bad painting. It's like, but it it's good to them. <laughs> like it's one of those weird things where like, how do you truly how do you truly like say somebody's work is 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 good or bad in that sense? And it's it's I mean it's it's impossible to to truly, I think, uh put it into any real perspective for, yeah. for everyone to grasp. Every, everybody has different opinions on it. Yes. 
And that's, I think what we're starting to learn. Yes. And I, and I will say like, it's going to be down the line, probably like a summer, summer event, but we are going to be doing multiple episodes on George Lucas, the man himself. Because, yes. <laughs> yeah. Of, because of, of, of statements like, yep, it's mine. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. He's a very interesting guy. And yeah, there's, there's just so much more to talk about with him and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody could ever say everything there is to say about George Lucas. No. No. <laughs> no. I will I will just say that I think I am I am hopeful for my podcast to to show his good side, but also to show that because cause every podcast I've been listening to now since like Star Wars has had its resurgence is like George Lucas is amazing and can have no fault. And, he has so many just, faults like, and so a, many flaws. Like, he has he has quite a few. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody does. But like, and that's where yeah. I have been struggling. And I, I even say not to dive too deep into this, but like I've I'm struggling with that with Dave Filoni as well. It's just everybody yeah, it's so easy to say Dave Filoni is amazing. It's amazing Look at what like, he's done. Because I will say right now, like we're gonna do later episodes about her too, but like everybody's saying, like, get rid of Kathleen Kennedy and put Dave Filoni in there. And I'm just like, no, no. Like maybe you want maybe that's a good idea or whatever, but he still has problems. There's there's issues yeah. that he has, but nobody likes to look at them because of what he does is so fantastical, so amazing that they think. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. I I think what he's doing is really good. Like I love Rebels. I loved I'm I'm liking The Mandalorian. I will say the first season for me bugged me because it was so serious. Yeah. Well it's and, yeah. well and it, yeah, it, it was just so much of a there's like it, it was all filler. Yes. It was yes. really is really what it was, which according I, to Dave Filoni, there is no filler. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um honestly, I, I almost like I almost didn't want a real story from Mandalorian, if that makes sense. I kind of liked the idea of we're just getting random stories through the galaxy. Yep. But now that now that we're getting like an actual timeline and storyline and where it's going to lead to in the different like the different series that we're going to get eventually from this, I I can't I can't be mad. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's where I would have said if it had started differently, I would have totally been in that court. My issue was that, yeah. like, it started, it gave you, like, With a the piece, child. it gave you the child and was like, okay, so here's yep. the plot. And then now we're going to ignore that plot for, like, four episodes and do that. That's very fair. That's so that was my problem with it. If it was just, like, we're going to randomly, he's going to run around and do stuff, I would have been totally in yeah. for it. Yeah, like, if he found the child in an episode and then gave him away to somebody in another episode yeah. or, like or, yes. or something or, or something along those lines like that would have been better for me but it was just the constant like yeah. side mission it was basically yeah. like the video game of oh i have a main mission but i'm going to keep side missioning to it it's it's like if resident evil 4 had was it claire i think her name was for the entire game yes <laughs> like you're constantly like, babysitting somebody yeah yeah so, yeah. I, so but this season it started off a little slow but has turned turned in oh boy yeah so i'm very excited <laughs> yeah how do you feel about boba oh so great and bad like there were so many cool things but yes there is also that aspect of uh i i i managed to listen to your episode today actually before uh this awesome and yeah i, I didn't even think about the fact that like 
if he has actually been living on Tatooine for the last like what six ish years, yeah, why would he? Why would he have gotten bigger? Yeah, Is it like like maybe more muscly, maybe, but like like if he's training or something every day, but like he genuinely just got fatter. Yeah. Which, Again, isn't a bad thing in terms of like who the character is or anything. I don't care yeah. about that. No, yeah, I agree. I care about the lore of if he's been sitting on Tatooine for six years. <laughs> like, yep. no, and then, like yeah. that 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 makes perfect sense. I was like, yeah, how does that how does that work? Like your argument was like, oh yeah. Um, but other than that, watching him beat the crap out of the stormtroopers with the Tuscan Raider style staff was maybe yes, my favorite thing of the series did. so far. Like that was yeah. so cool. And like when he like he does that jump move that we see the Tuscan Raider essentially do on Luke earlier, just with less jump. And like it was so cool because yep. that's that's implying through just choreography. It's imply I mean, I guess and set design um, or costume design. It's it's. Essentially implying that he's been training and living. With Tuscan Raiders at some point. Like. Yeah, that's that's a really cool concept, and it would make sense as to how he's managed to survive on Tatooine for six years. Right. So, yeah, I I I in as soon as he got into the armor, you were just like, yeah, that's Boba Fett. Like he, he looked comfortable yep. in the armor. All the movements looked natural. Like it, it, it was so cool to see because everything you watch Mando do. When, when you're watching him. There's this aspect of it doesn't look right, if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, no, it totally like I have had that exact like whenever he's running or something or when, like when he, no, when he's, when I he's have fighting, gotten that it's exact. like choppy. And I think I like, yeah, I, I hate to do this again, but I think it's intentional and I think it has been because I don't like I, I think it's okay. one of those things where they like he is he is a foundling. He's been in hiding uh, for such a long time, and then now he's kind of out being a bounty hunter, but he's really getting by on the fact that reputation of being a Mandalorian and his armor. I don't think there is this yeah. natural affinity to fighting and combat and wasn't trained as heavily or thoroughly as Boba Fett was. And I think that showed off so well in, in how they did that. And I think we're only going to see him improve in his combat as as the series goes on. Because I, I, I even feel like yeah. the and, and maybe it is just an actor flaw in that. But because like I feel like even the other uh, Mandalorians that we all saw on uh, was it the third episode, third or fourth episode? Yeah. Bo-Katan, like yep. all of them looked natural, I felt, too. They natural, yeah, they naturally flow yeah. with the armor. And because he just seems it, I would that's. I've actually been thinking about that. It's like it just yeah, so like, weird. It's just like odd. him running in like mm -hmm. his cloak, his oh like his cape. I was just like he does nope. not need this cape. Like it's especially in last last season when they were on Tatooine, like when he was running around and like jumping with the cape. I'm like yeah. this is weird. Why yeah, is he doing it, this? It, like? And, and I think that's something we're gonna get at the end of the series. I think he will eventually. He'll either truly feel and be a Mandalorian, and he'll look comfortable. Or he'll be out of the armor at the end of the series. I think it's going to be one of the yeah, one or the yeah, other because I, I think that's what they're building to is just the fact that like like this series is the Mandalorian, but he's not. He's he, he 
he is and he isn't at the same time. And I think that's what their idea is here. I think it's a, a, a trick title in the fact that, like, yes, he is a Mandalorian. He was brought in. He's a foundling. But he's not really a Mandalorian. And I think it, it shows in that in he's constantly trying to live by this creed. But now he's kind of understanding, oh, maybe that's not actually what this is. And I, I think, yeah. Like, maybe I was a member yeah, of a cult. Yeah. yeah. We're, I think we're going to actually see him, like, fully understand that he's a part of a cult, and that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a former Jehovah's Witness, that's going to be interesting wow. to see. Because yeah. growing up as a child, I, I was raised that way, and so, like, there's a culty vibe there. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm really excited to to continue to listen to your podcast. Honestly, I'd love every episode so far. Yeah. It's been really fun, and I find myself actively like I, I listen to it while I'm at work, and I I have to like I'm I'm struggling to not just go straight to to Twitter and like talk every time, <laughs> but I, I still like jump back in and for like in and out, and I I need to start waiting until you finish episodes. Because you do address so many of the things that I tweet you about at the end of the episode. Yep. yep. (laughs) At the end, yeah. Like, because we usually, yeah, we usually cover like the negatives or whatever first. And then, and then we'll go into the the positives. And because, yeah, because I'm trying to give both sides. And I think you're doing it. It's going to get a little better now. I think it's going to get even better now because, because Ethan and I have been both kind of on the same side of most things so far. Now we're going to dive into Clone Wars. Okay. And Ethan, Ethan likes the Clone Wars a lot. And I'm on the fence and so not so much. So I think it'll get a lot better. Sarah, my car, my special correspondent, is going to be coming on more often. Nice. Uh, and she'll be combating against me. So with the Clone Wars and stuff like that. So Perfect. I think we'll get a more balanced, balanced episode, balanced way of going yeah. through it. So no, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited I'm to hear gonna... uh, some of the stuff you've kind of teased a little bit about. Like, I, I'm excited to hear more controversies inside of the original trilogy. Because that, yes, that's where well, I think yes. people turn such a blind eye to. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. interesting. Yep. Like we will we'll get there. <laughs> we're, we're working our way through. Yeah. But yes, no, we'll get. Yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks oh, for definitely. coming on. We'll we'll maybe get you on an actual episode. I, sometime. I would That'd love to. Yeah, if there's anything you ever want me to to chime in about, just let me know. I will gladly jump in. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sounds great, man. Thanks thanks for chatting, and we'll we'll keep it keep, keep in touch. You can find us on Twitter at Who Shot First Pod. That's who shot first pod. And you can find us on email with who shot first swpod at gmail.com. That's who shot first swpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And never tell us the odds. Never tell me the odds. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Don't you turn against me. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. You're not with me. Then you're my enemy. You thunder against me! You have done that yourself. Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me.